Welcome to C3 Church Tubra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. whole story, right? We have Old Testament and we have New Testament. And the Old Testament, you know, a lot of people say, oh, don't preach out of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is really a picture or a type of the New Testament. Anything that's in the New Testament, you'll find a picture of it or a type of it in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is there to teach us and to show us and to guide us. Amen. And, and if you look at the Old Testament, uh, when we're talking about breakthrough, there is no greater place to look when we're talking about breakthrough than in Exodus. Amen? The, in Exodus, let's look at this. Chapter 3, verses 7 to 8. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And you just think about this. Is it called a metaphor, like it's the same, or is it type of? What do you call it? It's a good word for that. Huh? Metaphor is good? Man, I'm nailing it tonight. Except for the boogie. Okay. That's debatable. Okay. But the, you see, you can see this metaphor to do with now. You know, can you imagine what it's like when God is in heaven and he sees his people now. He sees you. He sees the people outside this church right now. And just think about that when we're reading this. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Egypt is a type of bondage. I've heard their crying out because of their slave drivers. Who knows that sin is a slave driver? And I'm concerned about their suffering. So, everyone say so. so. I will come down. That's a huge statement. To God, the whole God of the whole universe is saying, so, I will come down. I will come down and rescue them from the land of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land into a good and a spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That was his intention for his people. That was his intention for his people to go and to rescue them out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery, and bring them through into a land, a promised land flowing with milk and honey. His intention was to take them out of everything that was evil and wicked and and horrible, their misery, their slavery, their bondage, their stuff, their poverty, their sicknesses, their rubbish, to take them out of everything and lead them through and give them the complete opposite of everything they had had, a land flowing with milk and honey. He wanted to bless them. He wanted to bless their socks off. He wanted to give them everything and repay all that the locusts had eaten, give them back everything that had been stolen from them. He wanted to totally blow them out. 
Anybody ever tried to buy a gift for someone that totally blows them out? I love that. I mean, it totally blew me out last night at the Every Woman. You know, at the end, I, I just preach because I love to preach. And I love people. You know, and I just love, I love all the women got gifts and stuff. I was so excited. And at the end, they went, Pastor Julie, we got something for you. And they gave me a little envelope with a little nail, you know, nail thing in it um, to go get my nails done. Like, I nearly cried. Because why? Because someone had thought, someone just thought about that. And I thought, wow, that blows me away. And God's like that. He's thinking about us. He's thinking about us all the time. He's thinking about how he can give us the gift that's going to blow our minds, how he can blow our minds. God wants to do that. Amen? And this is what it was like. So we know the story, and those of you who don't know the story have seen the cartoons or the movies or whatever, and Moses goes in, and Moses goes, let my people go, and they go through the whole rah-rah and all that. And all this stuff. And he finally overcomes, and Pharaoh finally overcomes. Um, and he says, okay, you can go. You can go. And out they go. And you know that they get to the Red Sea. They're at the, that, at the mouth of the Red Sea. And it's like there's no way through. And the enemy is coming after them because Pharaoh's changed his mind. He's coming after them. He said, I've changed my mind. I'm not letting them go. I want them back. I'm, I'm, you, know, they're, 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 you know, I've made a mistake. The enemy, they can see the chariots coming. And they're at the mouth of the Red Sea. All the people are freaking out. Oh, oh, where's God when we need him? You know, I thought God was with me. I'd rather go back to Egypt, but they're going to kill us now. And Moses just lifts up his staff. Moses just lifts up his staff. One man could see something that everybody else couldn't see. One man had heard God. And one man said, I don't think he said anything. He just, and as he went, the Red Sea, can you imagine a sea? Now, come, just think for a minute, a whole sea parts. And dry ground is exposed at the base of the sea. And the people of God, the Israelites, cross over on dry ground and they get to the other side and the enemy are after them. Their past is coming after them. You know what it's like when you get saved, when you give your heart to Jesus? He comes, he parts the sea for you. You say that prayer, you know what I mean? And you, know, and you go through, you're passing through these waters. This happened to Alex just recently, and Alex is like changed. Because he went through on dry ground. And then the waters went. And all his past was finished. He was given a brand new start. Amen? We all were. We all were given a brand new start. But you know what the sad thing is? The sad thing is a lot of Christians stop there. A lot of us stop there. So, whoosh, shivers. So glad. I'm so glad I'm out of Egypt. You know, and this will do me just fine. Bit of wilderness, fine. It's better than Egypt. And I can just walk around here for a while, and that's cool. And I can just eat some manna. God gives us bread every day. It's, it's fine. 
Let's just stay here. But that was never God's intention. God's intention was to take them out, to take them to. God's intention was to repay all that the enemy had done to them and completely and utterly restore and bless them to the promised land. That was his intention. So why didn't they go into the promised land? Why? What happened? What happened that they were stopped from going into the promised land for 40 years? When God wanted them to go straight away. How long have you been saved and have still not entered into your promised land? How many years have you walked around your mountain, your wilderness? Let's have a look. I just want to read some scriptures tonight. I want to go into, is that okay? To actually read some scriptures. I just want to highlight these things. And so when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and go into the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak or few or many. So Moses is saying, no, we, we need to go into this promised land, but go spy it out first. So he sent 12. He sent, everyone say 12. He sent 12 spies. And they went and they checked it out. And then in verse 27, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land. So they gave, everyone say, they gave a report. They gave a report. They gave Moses this account or report. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. It's there. It's what God said. It's actually there. Here, here is its fruit. So they'd even gotten some fruit from the land of milk and honey and brought back the evidence. But the people who live there, but, everyone say but. But. How many buts have you got? (laughs) Got one, really. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help me. (laughs) But. I just got that. I like big butts and I cannot, you know. Um, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, like giants. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then, everyone say then. Then there was one who could see that others couldn't see. Then Caleb silenced the people. Be quiet with your negative reports. How many reports have you heard? How many doctors have spoken over your body, over your life? How many bank managers have sat you down and said, you're going to go bankrupt? How many times as a teacher said to you, you will never achieve anything in your life? How many times has a parent been negative to you, a friend, a workmate? How many times have you heard a negative report? How many times do you give yourself the negative report when you look in the mirror and think, I'll never be thin enough, I'll never be good looking enough? As Pastor Phil said this morning, I'll never be smart enough, I'll never get that job. How many negative reports do we repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until the giants in the land get so big that all we want to do is go back to Egypt? 
and retreat. And Caleb said, silence the people before Moses and said, we should go up there and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. There was one man that said, we can certainly do this. Why? Because he had heard God. He remembered the words that God had said, that he had promised to take them out of Egypt and he had promised to take them into the promised land. And if God said it, then it doesn't matter what obstacles are in the way, God will do it. Amen? God can do it and God will do it. But our unbelief and our disobedience puts a wall before God where he cannot move. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than us and they're spread among the Israelites and a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land was, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people, see how their imagination starts to come in and they start, the report's getting worse and worse. And we saw that, we saw the descendants of Anak come and, you know, descendants of Anak are like big people. And and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. As a man thinks in his heart, so shall he be. As a woman thinks in her heart, so shall she be. We look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And so we did to them as well. You can see yourself for one moment the way God sees you. I knew when Lisa first started singing that inside her, and not just me, many of us in this church, in the leadership, in my family, my own family, Mom, Lisa can do it. I know it's in her. I know that she can do it. And she would stand up here, a shy little girl, and hit flat notes and get scared and, you know, and we, we know you can do it. We know. See, whose report was she going to listen to? It's the report of the Lord we need to listen to. She looked like a grasshopper in her own eyes. And she felt like everyone was looking at her like that. But as we started to speak into her, and I know even last week, Julie got her aside and said, Lisa, what are you doing? You're amazing. You need to worship lead like you're amazing. You need to step into the anointing and worship lead like you're amazing because you are amazing. And tonight she did it in Jesus' name. I was so excited. I wanted to jump up on the stage and grab her and roll her around and kiss her and hug her and slap her and wrestle. And then Jesus, now what's this in verse 5? And so... It says in, in, in 14, I won't read it all, but it says that the community raised their voices and they wept and they whinged and they complained and they're just going, we don't want to go. And then in verse 5, we pick it up. Then Moses and Aaron, the two priests, fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. They literally just went, I don't know what to do with you guys. All I need to do is just, just going to lay out before God because I don't know what to do with your unbelief anymore. I've been trying to tell you that God is in it, but you won't listen to me. I don't know what to do anymore. And then it says here, but Joshua, everyone say Joshua. Joshua. And it says son of none, but I reckon he was a son of somebody. He had to be. And Caleb's son of whoever his name is, 
were among those who had explored the land. They tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. You know, someone needs to stand up in your life, in my life, and say to you, you know, we can do this. You can do this. The Lord has said he wants to lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And someone's got to say to you, this can be done. Someone's got to... Someone's got to stand up against every doubt that you have, every fear that you have. Every, every act of disobedience and sin that stops you going in there. Someone's got to fight for you. Some man of God, some woman of God, someday you've got to listen. There comes a time where you just got to listen. We've been on our faces prostrate before God crying out for you. It's time for you to stand up and listen and listen to what God is saying in Jesus' name. And he will give us only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared on the tent of meeting and all the Israelites And the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Oh, my God. How long? Can you imagine how God feels? He's saying, I have everything for you. I came down myself to rescue you. I sent my own son. I sent my only son to rescue you. Not just to get you across the Red Sea, but to bring you into your promised land. And he looks down on you and he's just going, oh, and he's grieved. He says, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them? How long? Wow. That's that chunk of scripture there has got to change your life forever, I think. So here they are, 40 years in the wilderness. And then, and so poor jo- jo- Joshua and Caleb just have to suck it up. And for 40 years in the wilderness, they still believed. They still hung by the tent of meeting Joshua hung by the tent of meeting near the presence of the Lord just so he could be near when he heard the promise, when he heard that it's time to go. And then 40 years later, let's look in Joshua 1, 1 to 9. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, because he just stuck around Moses, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan. Do you know what's on the other side of the Jordan? The promised land. 
40 years Joshua's waited. How, how long have you waited? How many prayers have you prayed that haven't been answered? How many times have you stood in faith and haven't seen it? But Joshua and Caleb kept faith. They kept waiting. They kept going. They kept standing because they knew if God said it, it would happen. And he says this. He says this. Now you then and all these people, isn't that amazing that all of them got the blessing because one man or one woman stood? How many people could get blessed if you just said, I'm going for it? How many people around your community, around your life, how many people are looking at you, waiting just to say, oh, you say you're a Christian? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bang, 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 God comes through for you because you've stood in faith. And they all go, oh. How else will they know? Moses says, how else will they know that we are any different to anyone else on the earth unless your presence goes with us? There has to be a distinguishing between us and them in these last days. And I believe the distinguishing is going to be this, that God is going to bless us so abundantly, that God is going to answer our prayers, that God is going to give us incredible, miraculous breakthrough because he wants to be known as God. The God of the breakthrough. And so he says here, and so he says here, um, get your you and all the people, you and all the people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. See, they knew. Your territory will extend from the desert Lebanon, and it, and it talks about the territory that it's going to, and no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Does that sound familiar to you? Did Jesus say that when he went and ascended to heaven? Did he turn around and say to us, I am with you? I will never leave you. I will never, just as my Father has given to me, so I give to you. Every blessing, every good thing comes from my Father in heaven, and I give it to you. And I go to be with my Father, but I leave one, the Holy Spirit, and I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Amen. And then he says, be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. And then he says it again. Be very strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Be strong. Be courageous, because the Lord wants to give you the land. Do not let the book of this law depart from you. Keep the commands. Follow my ways. Do not sin. Do not let the book of the law depart from you. Read the word. Study it. Live it. Breathe it. Become one who is prepared to cross over. Make yourself ready to cross. Amen? Put the right garments on of faith. Put your armor on. Get ready. He said, get the people ready because we're about to cross. And then he says, um, 
Do not do meditate meditate on this day and night on the book of the law, so that you may be careful to do what everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? He says it again. It's time to be strong and courageous. What have you got to lose? Well, you've got some sin to lose. You've got some disappointment to lose. You've got some sickness to lose. You've got some depression to lose. You've got some doubt to lose. They're all good things to lose. You might as well be strong and courageous because what do you got to lose? All the yuck stuff. All the stuff that he died for that you didn't have to carry. So exciting. And then it says, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Don't be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you for your own. It won't be borrowed, begged, stolen, rented. The Lord is giving to you your own promise. Your own promised land. Your own prayers answered. Your own victories It's going to be yours. It's not going to be on the back of someone else's victory. Or you're not going to read some book and, you know, about some guy's breakthrough and cry for a night and then just go, oh, well, that'll never happen to me. It's going to be your own. You're going to own it. Amen? You know, if you read in Deuteronomy, this is the blessing that God wants for us because this is the blessing. Covenant. Everyone say covenant. covenant. Are you in covenant? With God through the blood of Jesus Christ? Are you a covenant son or daughter? Do you walk in blood covenant with God? And every blessing should be yours. And these are the blessings of the covenant. If, and this is Deuteronomy 20, 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all the commands I gave you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of the herds and the lambs of the flocks, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord God will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your bars, on everything you put your hand to. The Lord God will bless you in the land he has given you. The Lord will establish you as, a, as his holy people, as he promised you an oath. If you keep the commandments of your Lord and walk in his ways, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they will fear you. Amen. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Not just, not just enough. Abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of the ground, in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. The Lord will open the heavens. 
the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. I declare that over this church in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And this morning, Pastor Bill declared debt-free. We're going to see this church debt-free. We're going to see you debt-free. God's going to move in Jesus' name. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. How many times do you, you know, say to people, oh, I'm a Christian? And they go, oh, one of those. But we'll be going, I'm a Christian. And they're going to go, oh, are you one of those? Can you tell me about that? I've witnessed to about four people this week. This week, everywhere I go, I can't go anywhere. I go to have a massage. And I think, oh, finally, I can just relax. I'm just so worn out. I've had such a big week. It's just like I've got so much on my plate. And I just, and I think, okay, it's a nice little Japanese place where they don't talk. It's all quiet. And you just get a nice massage. And the, the little Japanese, the little Chinese girls just like tiptoe in like this. And I get about halfway through the message and I'm just thinking, this is so nice, so nice. And the little Chinese girl says to me, that's message to me, so what do you do for a living? And I went, oh, I'm a pastor. And she went, huh? I said, oh, I'm a minister. Huh? I said, oh, I'm a priest. And she went, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm having terrible trouble with my husband. He's Australian boy. Can you tell me how I deal with it? And so we, the rest of the massage, we had a counselling session with my head in here going, <laughs> like, oh, gee whiz. Anyway, she's coming to church. And we'll get that Aussie husband saved in Jesus' name. <laughs> and getting washing the dishes as well. Poor darling. Anyway... <laughs> the Lord will make you the head and not the tail when you mention that you're a Christian people are going to say can you tell me about that and I'm getting that wherever I go right now <laughs> if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord the Lord um, your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them you will always be on the top never on the bottom always the head always at the top do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to do uh, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. I mean, that's the blessing that God, he, he, you know, that's just part of it, really. Then, then you add on to that the land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, we got it made. I mean, we, we, we serve a father that is abundant and amazing and incredible and, and all-powerful and all-good and all-loving and all-kind. Amen? He's omniscient, he's omnipresent, he's here, he's around, he sees, he knows. And he is looking throughout the earth for some people that he wants to bless. And all we've got to do is position ourselves in Jesus' name. I want to take you quickly, I've nearly finished, we're going good. Joshua, I want to take you to Joshua. Um, so, here they are. God's told them to, to cross over. And, 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 and Joshua said, get yourself ready. We're going to do this. And so we pick it up in uh, Joshua chapter 3. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out with, from Shittim and went to Jordan where they camped before crossing over after three days. Don't you think that's amazing too? Like three days is always so significant, isn't it? 
You know, three days Jesus rose from the dead, three days he raised Lazarus. I mean, it's just like three days. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. You know, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord represents the presence of God. I don't know about you tonight, but the presence of God, I could have, I could have jumped a mountain tonight. I could, have, I, could have, I could have faced any giant tonight. Because Lisa and the team so beautifully, and, and I have to say Beck too, like you're so anointed on that keyboard, yeah. Beck. You don't, don't underestimate what you bring through. Right. And I mean, and the drum. I mean, everything was, so, you guys so anointed tonight. When the presence of the Lord goes before us, we can do anything. And so he says, the presence of the Lord goes before you. And then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way You know what? Maybe you've never fought the battles that you're fighting right now. Maybe the land that God wants to bring you into, all of us into, and I mean the church worldwide, I believe we have never been this way before. I believe that he is going to, as I said last week, turn on the light and begin to prove himself as God of all the nations. When every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You know, I believe people are going to begin to see and know. We've never been this way before. All of us have never been this way before. But it's time to move out. It's time to position ourselves behind the presence of God and begin to move out. And then he says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Whew. You know what? If you're getting ready to move out, consecrate yourself right now. Consecrate yourself for your new day. Consecrate yourself to God. Get rid of your old habits. Get rid of your old sins. Make decisions. Draw a line in the sand that says, I am going, I'm going to get my promised land. And these decisions that I've made in the past, these compromises, these doubts, these mind games that I've played, they are not going to stop me. That person, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that, you know, that, that teacher, that, that, that boss, they're not going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me because I'm going to consecrate myself to God and prepare myself to cross over. He says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Tomorrow, we are so close. I'm saying tomorrow. I'm saying it in spirit. Tomorrow. I'm saying that God is about to do amazing things, not in 40 years' time after you've walked around the wilderness for another 40 years, but I'm saying tomorrow. Tomorrow. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. And they took it and they went ahead of them. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the word of the Lord your God. 
This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that you will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Amorites, and Jebusites. What were they afraid of? What stopped them going into the promised land? Finally, Joshua is saying, if you just stand there, if you just get the presence of the Lord, if you just get an attitude about you, all those things that tried to stop you in the past are never going to stop you again. Amen? Now he chose 12 men from the tribes of Israel who eat from each tribe. And as soon as the priests, as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, listen, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Does it sound familiar? So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan was at a flood stage. I think this is so, wow. Pastor Phil has declared, I declare flood season over this church, over this people. And we've seen visions of floods coming, of blessing and, and prosperity. We've seen it coming. And it's interesting that the Jordan was at its flood stage all during what? Harvest time. They crossed over during harvest time. We've just come out of flourish. It's harvest time. The flood's coming. And God's about to part the sea. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. Do you remember Peter? Peter's in the boat. Jesus is walking on the water. All the other disciples just sit in the boat. Peter says, if that's you, Lord, tell me to come to you. As soon as his foot touched the water, he began to walk on water. Do you know that takes, there's a time where you have to step out and walk on water. There comes a time where you've got to actually touch the flooded waters Touch those things that you're afraid of. Step into those things that have held you back and put your foot on it and be determined to move forward. And as soon, as soon, everyone say as soon. As soon as their feet touch the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam. <laughs> oh, I just think God's hilarious. He even puts a town there that's called Adam just so he can say, see, see, this is what I saved you. I saved you out of the curse of Adam so you could have this in the first place. He's saying to all these people, I've saved you out of the curse of Adam so you can have the promised land, everything that I've called you to. In the city of da-da-da, down da-da-da, and was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely crossed on dry ground. <laughs> Woo! Look at that picture. Can you put the other one up, the one that's not like the proper one? Yeah. I don't know, I, I just look at that and I see some men in our congregation. Like Phil Cairns, who was here all afternoon praying, all afternoon in this, in this place, by himself, to get a breakthrough for us tonight. I see some men rising up. I see some women getting some backpacks on and saying, I'm crossing over. I see some strength coming. I see some courage coming. I see people of great, I see some young people they're saying, it's enough. 
It's enough. The world, the world needs us to cross over and we need to inherit our promises in Jesus' name. I see it happening in Jesus' name. Now look at this. This is my last statement. So they cross over and it all happens. And then it says here, Joshua 5, 10 to 12, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal in the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, listen to me, the day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate the food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. For that year they ate of the produce of Canaan. They no longer needed to wait for bread to come from heaven, for the provision of they need, they no needed, not, no longer needed to pray over every bill. They, they no, no, they no longer needed to cry out. God, can't you heal my body? God, can't you fix my children? The, the day that they crossed over, the very day they crossed over, the manna stopped, and God says, "Now you're going to see real provision." Now you're going to eat of the fruit of the promised land. Now the land flowing with milk and honey is going to be yours in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet. Let's give the Lord a hand and thank him in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.